What's going on? I'm back on another weekday episode. What's going? Like I, I, I almost just asked the question. Yeah, what's happening? That's what I needed to say. I was like, what's going on? I'm like, no, I just said that. What? Like, what's going on in the world that I'm here on two weekday episodes? I'm here with Tyler, by the way. Tyler, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Lucas. It's good to see you again on another Tuesday episode. On another. They- Another weekday episode. I can't believe this. I, th- I think I think Cam secretly likes not doing this and having you fill in for him. I think producers, that's producers told me ratings were up when I was on the weekday episode last week. So yeah. uh you know it's just a nice way of saying like Cameron's getting the boot on at least one day weekday on at least one weekday episode. Yeah, uh, Mr. Spotify himself said, Hey, Lucas, <laughs> join weekdays more. Yeah, Lucas, do what you got to do to get on weekday episodes more. I'm trying, <laughs> man. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> no, Cameron, uh, Cameron is unable to join us tonight uh, because he's got family in town. So, this, Cameron, this is my message to you. You need to get your priorities straight because your priority should be, first and foremost, your rap career. Yes. Second, yes. second, fantasy football, right? Fantasy yes. football, fellas. Yes. Yep. Third, your wife, right? Like you got to take care of Emily. Yeah, 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 yeah. And fourth, I, I'm, then I guess you can rope family into that. His, his, his nuclear last family. names are yeah, right, 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 right. I mean, but man, fucking just booted out of the way in the priorities, man. That that <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm hurt. I'm just going to say I'm disappointed. Yeah, for those for those that follow us on Instagram, Cameron is the one that will, you know, post periodically on certain, you know, approved players or benchums and stardoms and all that stuff. And I just have a, a this this just achy feeling inside that anytime I know that Cam is going to post, it's just out of like full like regret has like no like no like intent no no purpose to it just like fine i guess right and then right you know he just closes the app and then that's that right like right his list of priorities is very different than ours the football season's over we don't we don't have rap careers so we don't have to worry no. about that no, cameron on fo- the other hand have you heard of spotify oh oh I feel like Bangers. I need to quit leading this on. This is yeah, literally no. going nowhere. No- <laughs> Look, <laughs> if you're going to search Cameron Lawrence on Spotify, like if something shows up, one, it's not him. And two, it's not worth your time. We're searching Cameron Lawrence. Three, we we haven't known about it prior to this. So you can't I, blame this on us. All I know is that there are some YouTube videos that he has shown us exclusively. I will not mention those. No except indirectly like right now but that's it there's no spotify yeah don't don't go digging do yourself the favor don't go digging oh we miss cameron he'll be he'll be back on later this week he'll be miss uh, you cam uh, we miss you man he'll uh he'll be back on later this week for the friday episode we'll cruise through uh today's episode we'll cruise through uh week seven recap kind of an interesting week of football i wouldn't say anything was like super exciting but nothing was like abysmal i guess the monday the monday night game was kind of abysmal but in terms of fantasy i mean this is what you get when you're on a bipocalypse with six teams on by 
yeah yeah not not super great and i mean like like you said every game like <laughs> the most exciting game of the week probably right in just terms of like the actual games probably was at Atlanta, Miami. And that's just, just and that's because it was so high scoring. Right. And that went down to the last second. Every right. other game was either a blowout or one team just dominated the whole time. Right. The scores just looked closer than they actually were. So, yes. Yeah. We'll do a quick week seven recap. We'll get into the fellow approved players of the week and the fellow denied players of the week. We'll close out a few, a few buy low, sell high options for you as you head into. Week eight of fantasy football. So, in a, in a little teaser, these buy low sell highs are worth the watch. They're worth the wait. Worth. They are worth the wait. There's some How did... big, big names in today's buy low sell highs. I hate to interrupt. Go for but it. I have my phone right in front of me. Yep. And I have, I had like the scores on my ESPN app pulled yep. up, right? My phone was literally at 13%. Oh, big L. Did it just die? It went down to 2%. It's never done that before. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> cell phones are the worst, except they're also the best. <laughs> it's my one way of staying in touch with literally everybody. Right, right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Let's, uh, well, we'll, we'll, speed through this week seven recap then so we got two percent battery life for tyler to get through this week seven recap (laughs) hurry up (laughs) we'll hurry it up we'll start with the thursday night game broncos and browns Uh, it wasn't a snooze fest but man it wasn't that exciting of a game you had case keenum in for baker mayfield uh you had both nick chubb and kareem hunt out the broncos are just kind of underwhelming as a whole they're just not an exciting football team to watch so i mean basically your takeaways here dearness johnson top what was he a top five running back finish this week yeah he was uh and javante williams getting heavily involved in the receiving game 17 fantasy points for him yeah uh, anything else you took away from that game no De- denver's in trouble that's all i yeah. can say i don't think i I think it's honestly the coaching, just just knowing what Teddy did last year with Carolina, the supporting cast that he has around him, it's coaching, and they're in trouble for the rest of the year. But for fantasy, you'll take 17 from Javante. <laughs> I wish I would have started him in our uh, Dynasty League. That was my biggest regret this week. I did say regret instead of regret, but I know that would have won. Stop it. Stop it. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Sensitive topic. uh, It would have. I I can't win. I can't do anything right in that league. (laughs) I have. I would like to say I have arguably one of the best teams in the league and I'm one in six. I can't do anything about it. (laughs) Yep. I'm in this league and I can back this up. This team that Lucas has should be doing a lot better than it has. He's just gotten unlucky on the matchups. And you know what? That's fantasy. Injuries. Injuries have just <laughs> killed me. Yep. Saquon Barkley, AJ Brown. Yep. Kareem Hunt. Oh, yep. Who else? There's been other people who have gotten hurt. But anyways, that, that, I, I can rant about my dynasty team another time. 
<laughs> when I have three wide receivers who should be in the top 15 at their possession. Ah, okay. All right. Moving on to, moving on. to new, to new <laughs> games, Sunday games, uh, chiefs, Titans. And wow. I think that's the only word I have to describe this game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Titans blow out the chiefs 27 to three granted Patrick Mahomes leave this game. Mahomes leaves this game early. Goodness. Nearly mumbled my way through that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to add, I don't want to try and diagnose what's wrong with the chiefs, but like what's wrong with the chiefs. Uh, I, I think it's just coming down to (laughs) because I never want to discredit people's skills and talents for luck. Right. Right. But I think what we're seeing now is Kansas city, not getting that one throw right every time right the one where Mahomes scrambles out right and oh look Tyreek is down downfield 60 yards and Mahomes throws it across 70 yards in the air (laughs) right I think I think we're coming back down to earth for this team and I think they're still a really good team and you still have to be careful of them um but like I said I don't I just don't think this Kansas City team is getting the same you know you know, lucky bounce that they used to get. And their defense isn't helping them. That's the other thing. This defense is just horrendous. It is like, it is bad. They've got, they've got some good pieces, right? I mean, Tyron Matthew, Legereus Sneed. Yeah, Chris Jones up front. Right. Like they've got pieces, but it's getting those pieces to work together all at once. And it just seems like it's a dis, you know, disconnected unit. Right. It, it it's it's just not looking good. Nope. This isn't to say that all right, we've we've hit the we've hit the downfall of Patrick Mahomes and we've hit the downfall of this this team. Like, I mean, do you have to question if they're gonna come out of the AFC? I mean, I think you do. Like you have to question if they're even gonna make the playoffs at this point. But right. Like if we're talking like people are talking career with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs right now, which let's not push push the card ahead of the horse here. Like Chiefs can have a bad year, and Patrick Mahomes still has eight years on his deal. Yep, he's gonna be fine. He's fine. He, he's gonna be just fine. They're allowed to have a bad year. Yep, I think that's just Tom Brady didn't win them all. That's just kind of where I'm at, right? Yep. So, uh, Titans on the other hand, man, I mean, you had a fine game from Derrick Henry. It wasn't anything spectacular, but. At the same time, you had I think that was just kind of regressing to the mean for for Derrick Henry after a couple thirty five plus point fantasy games earlier this year. Yeah, uh, Ryan Tannehill decent day, only 19, 19 fantasy points, nothing to write home about. But AJ Brown, Welcome he's back. back. He's Welcome back. back. Oh man, does my dynasty team need that? Need that? Needed it. Twenty seven fantasy points for AJ Brown this week. He was great. Yeah. Nothing else that needs to be said about that. Yep. Move on to the Washington football team against the Packers. Packers being them 24 to 10. And look, uh, people have been saying Washington just got absolutely botched on a few scoring plays. And I think we can argue that all we want, but honestly, like, do we, do we really think it was going to make that big of a difference? Like, I hate saying that, but like, do we really think Green Bay still wasn't going to win that game? That's kind of where I come to after this game. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any quarterback, any team, any player in the NFL 
knows exactly like what's just enough to beat a team, right? Right. But I think I think Rogers, he he knows how to play it safe while being efficient. Right. So it's games like these that you're like, to me at least, I'll call it a Green Bay classic, right? <laughs> not super, you know, exerting, not super high energy from Green Bay. And they did, you know, not just enough, but they did enough to get past Washington. Absolutely. Uh, look, Devontae, another great game, six for 76 and a touchdown. It's about what you expect from him every single week. Aaron Jones was the only really flop that you're kind of concerned about, but they're having so much success through the year. Why would they go to the ground game? Like yep. there was no need to have Aaron Jones touch the ball 18 times in this game. There's no yep. need for it. Uh, so look, I think he's fine. He shouldn't. I, is there a reason to worry? I, I would say yes, but I don't think there's reason to panic, which I think is very important in distinguishing a fantasy football. There's a time to worry and there's a time to panic. Yep. Antonio Gibson is panicked. That's where I'm at with Antonio Gibson at this point. Um, We'll touch on him more specifically later, but the other Washington player, I think you can, you can focus on this game. who had fantasy relevance, Terry McLaurin, right? Awesome game. 25 fantasy points from him. You're really happy to see that. If you are a Terry McLaurin manager in fantasy football, that was desperately needed. I have Terry McLaurin in in one of my leagues that I uh, care very deeply about, not the dynasty. Um, (laughs) But to, to have Terry put up 25 this week, that was like a massive sigh of relief for me. It was personal. It was personal. It was. Time. It was personal this time around. It was. It was. Let's move on to the Bengals and Ravens and Bengals and wallop the Ravens 41 to 17. This Bengals team is like, they're good. Yep. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they're good. Like, that's no disrespect to the Bengals. Like, yeah. Like, we knew their offense was going to be high-powered. Mm-hmm. We're just terrified of the offensive line for Joe Burrow. But that defense has never been good. But that defense, like, I don't know what happened, man, but that defense looks like, like, dare I say, <coughs> excuse me, dare I say really good right now? I mean, we we have seen this as Vikings fans since, like, week one. Yeah. Cincinnati's defensive front is, un, is like, probably the most underrated unit in all of football. Absolutely. They can get pressure. They can stop the run. Like they do everything and everything that defense is built on is built on them. Absolutely. I, I don't know where Baltimore went wrong in this game because in some ways you would think it's an ideal Lamar matchup, right? When there's pressure coming, he can just escape it it didn't happen for no. whatever reason. <laughs> no, it, it really, it really did it. And the Lamar, like Lamar threw the ball more than I expected in this game. Right. I mean, and mm-hmm. Lamar still had a great fantasy day. I mean, his projection was well on, on sleeper. His projection was 20, 25 still had 24, 23 through for two fifty seven. I mean, rushed for 88 yards. I I don't know how much more you really want from Lamar Jackson. It's just, man, that Ravens defense also isn't as good as we expected it to be. Yeah. Cincinnati just exposed the weak spots in that secondary. And I mean, they even Jamar exposed... Chase exposed the weak spots. Yeah. In that secondary. I mean, 
I mean, they even exposed Marlon Humphrey to some extent, right? And yeah. Marlon Humphrey is like the guy in the secondary. And yeah, they, without Marcus they, Peters, yeah. Right, and they got him. So, I, I like, kudos to Cincinnati. I think this is this was the game, at least to me. I, I can't tell with, you know, pundits and the national scale and stuff. <laughs> I, like, I... I was waiting for this game for Cincinnati. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yes. But it seems like with, like I said, national pundits, and I use that in air quotes and use it lightly. Right, right. They didn't expect this just because it's Cincinnati. Right. I shake my head. Look, like you said, I think this is the game I've wanted to see from Joe Burrow in this offense the entire year. Because you knew it was there. And once it was there, it's like, okay, this team is legit now. Like, Mm -hmm. this team is a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. Like, so much to the point where people are like, are Bengals, like, actually contenders to come out of the AFC? I'm not ready to go that far. I think Mm -hmm. they make, like, do they have a chance of making the playoffs? I think they do. Oh, absolutely. I'm not not ready to say they're they're coming out of the AFC. There's too many other good football teams in the AFC. Uh, Let's move on to – we'll get – we'll talk more about Joe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase later in the episode, but – Panthers and Giants, this might have been just – this is like the candidate for, for Lucas's meh game of the week. This, You know what? I'm putting the label on it. I need a sound effect for it. I need like something super dramatic where it's like, Lucas's meh game of the week. <laughs> and, and like that game. Like commercial, like right. growly, low-rasp voice. <laughs> right, right. And it's just like super dynamic, like <laughs> – this is exciting, but it's not at all. Right. The Panthers suck without McCaffrey. They're awful. I, I, I'm not even going to dissect anything about the Panthers because they're just that bad without McCaffrey. Yep. They need. I, they, we they we need bit it. hard. That's we it. bit hard on the first three weeks, and they have just sold on us without McCaffrey. Yep. Giants, on the other hand, I, like the, I was trying to find how they accumulated 25 points. And it was of nobody of importance. Like Devontae Booker, sure. Daniel Jones didn't have that great of a fantasy week. He had 17 and a half fantasy points. Devontae Booker's line was pretty ugly. He just fell into the end zone. If he didn't fall into the end zone, he only had eight fantasy points. I I don't want to talk about this game. Can we move on? Like Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) This this next game is much more fun to talk about because it was the Falcons and the Dolphins. And the Falcons won. Oh man, the final drive there, thirty to twenty-eight. They beat the Dolphins. A high-scoring affair. I think this is exactly what we were expecting from this game. And I think the only thing, the only two things we didn't get from this game uh, were a bigger Matt Ryan game and a bigger Calvin Ridley game. Which Matt Ryan? I mean, he's look. I said this on TikTok today. Matt Ryan is your is your is the epitome of a three hundred passing yard, two touchdown, and an interception. He he's like the epitome of the meat of NFL yep. quarterbacks. And that's, and no matter the match, that's what he gives you. I'd like to think that doesn't affect Calvin Ridley, but man, Russell Gage, Kyle Pitts, they both look pretty good on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have it written down. Atlanta is like, they're hitting their stride with this offense. Yes, they are the defense will always be the issue. They will yep. always be in these kind of games that are not necessarily shootouts. Right. But the defense will, or the offense will do just enough to keep them in the game, but the defense will not keep them in the game. 
just so happens they went up against a just as poor defense in the Miami Dolphins. Right. <laughs> one, one more note on Ridley before we – I mean, well, we'll get to Kyle Pitts later too. We can't just ignore him. But the thing with Calvin Ridley, I've been getting a lot of questions on our TikTok. Do I sell on Calvin Ridley? Should I be worried about Calvin Ridley? And my answer every single time has been yes and no. Because, like you said, this offense has been clicking. They're figuring it out finally. They're figuring out the pieces and how they all fit together. Downside, like Calvin Ridley was the least involved. In terms of a yardage perspective, he was the least involved. He had the most targets, but he was the, the quality of his targets was significantly less than guys like Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage this past week. So mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a yes, you should be worried, but no, because this offense will be just fine and they're figuring it out. So Look, if you if you have Calvin Ridley on your team, I'd like I think the best option is to hold unless if somebody gives you like a straight swap offer of equal value for Calvin Ridley. Like if someone were to offer you DeAndre Hopkins for Calvin Ridley, I'd probably take it. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, knowing knowing what Hopkins has done up to this point, and yeah, yeah, that swap would make sense to me, or even like Amari Cooper. Yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper, I'd be. A, I think I'd need another piece with Amari Cooper for Calvin Ridley, only because C.D. Lamb seems to be that guy now. Sure. But with Michael Gallup coming back, that could absolutely change. Amari Cooper, you know, could have three straight games of twenty plus fantasy points, and I wouldn't be surprised either. So, yep. We'll we'll talk about Amari Cooper later in this episode too. I won't <laughs> say who is or about what, but. <laughs> Uh, let's quick touch on the Dolphins. Look, we're going to talk about Tua in a little bit. We're going to talk about, talk about Mike Kosecki in a little bit. Jalen Waddle had himself a nice game. He's a top uh, 20 wide receiver this past week, wide receiver 18. Look, without Devontae Parker, without uh, Will Fuller, he's going to be the wide receiver one of that offense, and he's going to be a volume play every single week. Enough here, said. <laughs> here, here's, here's my question, though. I just thought yeah. of this very quickly. Mm-hmm. maybe it's because i'm too optimistic on Kadarius tony Kadarius tony or uh, jalen waddle the rest of the season waddle i think i'm Just, taking waddle too but i love Kadarius tony i i i, I do too he's just he's fun to watch but he's so the- fun to watch the thing i have to remind myself is that saquon's coming back soon yep Galladay is going to be back this week. Yep. And Sterling Shepard will be back as well. Yep. So Tony has now, at one point, he was at the top of the of the list of receive or you know potential pass catchers for New York, and now all of a sudden he's number four. <laughs> Even in that game with was it the game he got injured? Wasn't it Shepard and Galladay were also in the lineup? Galladay was not. I know that for sure. Okay, it was just Shepard. Yeah. Still, three first three plays all went to Kadarius Tony. Yep. I gotta think they realize this dude is like too electric to not have the ball in his hands at least five times a game. Like, by five times I mean make sure the ball actually touches his hands five times a game. Right. Right. <laughs> We've been wanting to target him for ten times and only get four receptions like Calvin Ridley, right? But, anyways, I'm I'm losing myself. We're straying off into a game that. <laughs> is it relevant right now? Uh, let's move on. Jets Patriots before I get sidetracked even further. 
oh, this is the worst game to try and get to try and sidetrack myself from because there's nothing to talk about in this game. It was a Jets are bad. <laughs> Zach Wilson got hurt. He'll be out for a few weeks. Corey Davis still scored a touchdown, but his stock takes a bit of a hit. I mean, I don't think he's still like the only guy, but yet again, now with a back quarterback, I question how if Jamison Crowder's usage is going to go up. Uh, if even like Elijah Moore's usage, I, I can't go that far. Jamison Crowder is the only one that I'm concerned about, but Corey Davis seems to be the number one in that offense. Yeah. And I wonder if, gosh, their backup, um, Joe, no, Joe Flacco went to. Uh, they traded for Flacco. They did trade for Flacco. He used to be a Jet, and he was, yes, that's right. Yes. I wonder if Joe Flacco will be first three guy for, you know, Corey I Davis like, now. I feel like he has to, but I can also see Jameson Crowder just because Crowder's a slot guy. Right. That's exactly where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm at. I don't look, I'm not, again, I'm not like thinking Corey Davis is all of a sudden irrelevant, but I mean, let's be real. Joe Flacco is not Zach Wilson. Let's. For as bad as Zach Wilson has been so far this season. Yeah. Flacco still is not Zach Wilson. Right. I think that that's kind of where I'm at at the end of the day. But the Patriots, I mean, they just. They just walloped. Uh, every New England wide receiver was great except for Jacoby Myers. Damian Which Harris. We called. Him. We called that. <laughs> just. I, that makes me kind of sad, honestly, because I really want Jacoby to score his first touchdown. But yep. <laughs> I was yeah. I was vibing with some of our TikTok followers. They're like, Jacoby's <laughs> going to catch his first touchdown. I'm like, hey, if he does, I will like I will throw a party when we do our <laughs> review of our picks. Like, I will be ecstatic that he scored a touchdown. Yep. Uh, field day for Damian Harris. Field day. Top five finish at the position. 25 plus fantasy points. Exactly what you expected this week from Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the Eagles and the Raiders. And I need, I need to compose myself right now because Jalen Hurts has been a fantasy treasure this year. He has been awesome for fantasy football. We're not talking about his NFL performances. His NFL performances have been subpar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely more to be desired. But he's one of those where he'll have five points at the half, and I'll look at it. And I've gotten to a point with Jalen Hurts where I have said five points at half. All right. There's 16 coming in the last five minutes. And you want to know what happens every single game? 16 come in the last five minutes. Five minutes. Yep. But news broke today. Jalen Hurts might lose his starting job to Gardner freaking Minshew. I love the stash, man. I love Minshew's vibe just as much as everybody and their mother. Okay. But please, Nick Sirianni, for the sake of all fantasy football managers out there, please, for the love of God, don't bench Jalen Hurts. Please. (laughs) Please. He is going to win me my champion. He is quarterback two right now. (laughs) You cannot bench that man for the sanity of anybody playing fantasy football. (laughs) Don't do it, please. If you have any ties to Nick Sirianni, please point him to this podcast and let him hear my cry. 
like the only thing that came into my mind when the news came out i i mean we can't even really call it news but it was i don't even know how true it is like is it like right is it like how big of a threat is it do you think like i'm probably just overreacting but like it it, (laughs) it, is the the thing is the report had a question mark at the end of it right (laughs) and i hate that because i don't know what i'm supposed to do with that if it's like if it's if it's a statement if it's a declaration then i get worried if it's a question then I think someone's just blowing hot air up someone's butt cheeks or something. You know what I mean? Right. Well, like to me, <laughs> I'm just like, what, like, what does Gardner Minshew give you different than Hertz does right now? That's ex- that's exactly like, it. Do you, do you really think that Gardner Minshew is really going to make that much of a difference for this offense? If he takes over for Hertz, this has, this has the Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts scenario of last year written all over it, except the, the Jalen Hurts logic had sense because they were going to move on from once anyways. Like that was the news. Right. You're moving on to someone who has, yes, more experience in the league, but talent-wise, like are we really sold that Gardner Minshew has just as much? <laughs> let me rephrase. Has more talent than Jalen Hurts because that's what I think the Eagles are trying to like consider. Mm-hmm. So let we can focus on the game a little bit more, but I just need to get that out there because me being the biggest Jalen Hurts fanatic on this podcast, having been since the offseason, having been since the existence of this podcast, I, I need I needed to get that out there. I needed this to be a safe space for about four minutes. You're welcome. Can, thank you. I, 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 pre- <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You can you can charge my tab later. Um, <laughs> even though even though this isn't your night to do it, you can right. rant. It's fine. Right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, look, thing with the Raiders, they they beat the Eagles. How the Eagles have been getting beat this year over the middle of the field and with the run game. That's how you beat the Eagles this year, and that's how it's been every single game this year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have written down. The best thing to happen to Vegas this year is Gruden walking out the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this Raiders team looks so much more dangerous now yes. than it did before. Yes. They they're in the same tier as the Bengals, I think. Yes. Where it's like or they're they're close. They're, they're close. Right. I don't want to say they're as good as the Bengals. I think they're close. How good are they? We don't know. But Five and two, like that deserves go. a round of applause. That Way deserves a round go. of applause. Yeah. Let's move on to the Lions and Rams. DeAndre Swift. That that's it for the Lions. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, he had Jalen Ramsey on him. Yeah. They've been playing Jalen. So the thing about the, the Rams. I mentioned this in a starts at Saturday episode. Like I don't, I didn't understand why Jalen Ramsey was, wasn't shadowing on the outside as much this year. It's because they want him in the middle of the field, right. In and involved on every play, which like I should have realized was a nightmare for TJ Hawkinson, because that means Ramsey's there 80% of the time on him. Right. So that's, that's tough. But I mean, Deandre Swift, look, PPR machine, like machines an understatement, I think. Yeah. Insanely good. 
right? Yes, he ripped off his 160-yard touchdown, right? But look, if you're if you're going to take that away from DeAndre Swift's game, he may as well take away all, all the other receptions he's had this year because that's why he's good for fantasy football. He is a dominant pass-catching running back who, yeah, he's not going to explode for more than 50 yards on the ground in a given week. But he'll give you 75 in the air on seven receptions. Mm-hmm. That's and that's about that's yeah. about it for the Lions. Yep, <laughs> that's literally it. I mean, I'm I really hope they win one game just because every single game they've played in so far, they've had it. They have. Oh, Dan okay. Campbell is the best thing that could have happened to that franchise. Yes, I get that. Oh, and seven, oh, and six, whatever it is, it stings. But like you guys are like, <laughs> what's a good what's a good analogy for this? I don't know. You're so close. <laughs> it, it's literally like in in grasp, within reaching or not reaching yep. distance. Within they can they can nearly touch it every single game. Yep. It's just just oh, not quite there, and it's uh, it's gonna be so frustrating if you're a Lions fan. Yeah. Uh, Rams, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, and that's nothing new. Nope. Let's move on. <laughs> Daryl <laughs> Henderson, I think we need to know, just didn't have as great of a day against the Lions, right? We expect him to have a big day, but look, a team finally got smart and started just attacking this Lions secondary instead of letting the Lions. Maybe, maybe I should should give the Lions more credit, but it seems like whenever teams have run the ball against the Lions, they've just kept within three points, and it's like, why would you want to? keep the lines within three points like knock them out of the park which maybe this game is more of a testament to them where it's like yeah you can beat us through the air or on the ground but we're going to keep ourselves in every single game which yep i think is a testament to the lines as i externally process that uh let's move on to this this was a close runner-up for um my game of the week only but it's not because the tampa bay buccaneers still put up 38 points on the chicago bears I think the Chicago Bears deserve like the team of the year award because, oh my goodness, Matt Nagy is the worst coach in the NFL and they need to can him ASAP. I need, like, I've said it for the past like two, three weeks. I will say it again. The Matt Nagy curse is real, people. It is real. They got to can him. The only person that benefits from this, I guess the only players that benefit from this scheme, if you call it that, is Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery when he gets back. That's it. Yeah. What in the world got into Khalil Herbert? No name, six-round running back, 100 yards on Tampa's forehead. What? Nobody's done that since Dalvin Cook last season. Dalvin Cook. Right, not not Samaje P. Ryan of the Bengals last year when Mixon was out. Like, arguably a top five running back in the NFL. And Khalil Herbert, man, it's got juice. Yeah, I I can't figure out this offense for the life of me. No, I Herbert's got talent and. 
like I'm struggling to literally like form a sentence trying to like talk about this offense. I can't. You can't. Uh, here, here, here's what the sentence is. If it's not in the flats, they don't run it. Yep. That's literally. That's literally. That's literally, it. literally, that's the literally it. If it's not in the flats, Matt Nagy doesn't want to run it. The amount of times Allen Robinson has been open down the sideline of the field is painful. Yep. Oh, it's painful. Matt, whatever, throw it to whatever tight end you want to, Justin. Oh, <laughs> half back zone. Okay, yeah, sure. Yep, we'll, we'll feed it to Khalil. We'll give him 20 touches this game. I just, I just Matt Nagy needs to go. He needs to go. He needs to. I mean, <laughs> no, Nagy, please stay because the Vikings and the Packers Touché. would sincerely Touché. enjoy this. Touche. Touche. I, I, Look, for the sake of Bears for fantasy football, maybe I should say this. I want to root for Justin Fields so badly. But I also said it from the get-go. I'm not scared of Justin Fields. I don't know what people – like, I get insane talent coming out of school. First thing for me was, what Ohio State quarterback in recent history, in history, has come to the NFL and succeeded? Can you name one? <laughs> Wayne Haskins. <laughs> Terrell Pryor, when he played wide receiver for two wide years. Receiver. Wide receiver. That was one. Two was, okay, he's going to Matt Nagy and the Bears, so I really need to be scared of Justin Fields if, uh, if he's playing in that system. Yep. Point being, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still just really good at football, too. Um, and Tom Brady is ageless, and Mike Evans is we'll, – we'll get to him later. Yep, He's really good. Chris Godwin, he's really good. That's about it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Texans and Cardinals. Make this quick. Cardinals blew out the Texans 31 to 5. Texans are a bad football team. The Cardinals are a really good football team. Maybe, maybe not really good. Do they have vibes of like last year's Steelers? I've been asking myself this. I think they're better than last year's Steelers, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, it's an extremely deceptive 7-0, I feel like. Yeah, I think the only difference between last year's Steelers and this year Cardinals is that this defense, I they've got – typically, maybe I'll say it this way. Typically on defense, you like to have guys with specific roles, right? Like – you have your defensive end, like Chandler Jones, just maul everybody, right? You have a quarterback like Byron Murphy, who is probably one of the better like zone quarterback quarterbacks just because he's always in the vicinity of the ball, right? He may not be good man and press, but he's great in zone. You've got Buda Baker in the back then who just dynamite. Flies everywhere, right? Yeah. I think this is really one of the only like defenses in the league that you can say these are not just role players that they have. These are playmakers on playmakers, right? Yeah, they are playmakers who who know how to do their job. Versus versus Pittsburgh last year, TJ had the role of just pressuring the quarterback, right? Which is the same for Chandler Jones, right? But like everyone else in a defense had a role to play. Yep. This Arizona defense just had, like I said, they have playmakers. They can do literally anything. Right. 
And the way they built that team is it's exciting. It's dynamic. I just don't know how sustainable it is. And I think that's where I, and that's the only reason why I come back to this, like, are they last year's Steelers? And my answer is always no, but they kind of give me vibes of last year's Steelers, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing because Steelers made the playoffs, but I also think Arizona can get out of one round of the playoffs too. Yeah. Let's move on to Sunday Night Football. I mean, look, I mean, we could sit here and talk about DeAndre Hopkins and the wide receiver group, but I mean, they're all, they're all great. They're all great. Zach Ertz. Yep. Welcome back, Zach Ertz. Yay, Zach. <laughs> got, go. got out of Philly, baby. Got out of Philly and away from Dallas Goddard. <laughs> Big Zach Ertz fans on the on the podcast. Uh, let's move on to Sunday Night Football. Colts and 49ers. Look, there was just like a monsoon rolling through this game. Oh I mean, gosh. it was just off. Uh, you know- just watching, it was just everybody looked like they just took a dive in the deep end and just got out of a swimming pool, except – it was still raining. <laughs> you 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 know it's bad when you hear the rain hitting the referee. Yeah. When his mic is on. Yep. And if it sounds like it's like the like the biggest raindrops you've ever like seen hitting a jacket. Like right. it was it was bad. It was bad. Surprisingly though, Carson Wentz had a decent game, 20 fantasy points. Except- Except for that one oh. little, it slipped. K. Chris, K. <laughs> K. Chris Collinsworth. That was that was pretty blatant. Like a like it just a failed shovel pass. Like there was no Ugh. way he was getting it over the defender. That was bad. Outside of that, though, solid night from Wentz. Another great night from Jonathan Taylor. Another great night from Debo. Uh, Elijah Mitchell got it done on the ground. You just saw a lot of running from both of these teams because literally nobody could hold onto the football. Michael Pittman had a nice night. Um, yep. But I mean, outside of a couple of big plays, like there was just, it, it was grounded pound the whole game. And that's what, that's what you just expected in a game like this. So yep. nothing much to take away there. Um, Monday, last Monday night football, this is, I, I lied. I said the Buccaneers and bears was the runner up from the game of the week. If it weren't for the mana cast, this would have been runner-up for Lucas's meh, game of the week. That would have been runner-up, I think, because yeah, man, this yeah. game was boring. I the mana cast watching. and Marshawn Lynch <laughs> saved it. I stopped watching after uh, the first half. Not like, much changed after the first half. <laughs> I I like. <laughs> I tried so hard to focus on like the Marshawn Lynch and Tom Brady, like conversations. I still couldn't ignore the game that was going on. And it was awful. It was, (laughs) dare I say like, this is in contention for like one of like the worst games this whole season. Does it deserve to be Lucas's meh game of the week? Like, does it, is it, was it worse than the Giants and Panthers? Yeah, I, I would say so. <laughs> Lucas's my game of the week. <laughs> like Saints the and only, Seahawks. Saints beat the like, Seahawks 13 to 10. Like, I don't, I can't, like, the, the Saints should have blown the Seahawks out. 
oh, out of the building. Like I get, like I get it started raining halfway through the game, but like, look, when the Seahawks decide they want to run the ball into the teeth of eight man boxes constantly, constantly. Come on. Like Like you have to recognize those things and just go, huh? Right. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Yes. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. I don't even want to fantasy analyze this game because there's literally no fantasy. Alvin Kamara was great. Okay, we're going to talk about him, though. You would expect that from Kamara. (laughs) You you just expect that from him every single game. So that covers the week seven slate of NFL games. Let's move into uh, our fellow approved and fellow denied players. And we spent a lot of time with that week seven recap, but also we covered a lot of fantasy players, which I think is important. So um, let's start at QB though. Fellow approved players of the week. Quarterback Joe Burrow. 23 of 38, 416 yards, three touchdowns. Good for 27.6 fantasy points. I didn't realize that half of his, I didn't realize it was 460. I should have done the math. This is easy math. Half of his yards went to Jamar Chase, who we're going to talk about in a bit. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Joe Burrow was great this week. Uh, honorable mention at quarterback. I mean, look, we have to talk about the quarterback one of the week, Tua Tagovailoa. Man, was awesome. Four touchdowns, 28.5 fantasy points. It makes us look stupid that it made me look stupid. I said two was a top waiver wire pickup of the week. Yet I still told people to start Matt Ryan instead. Granted, I had two higher in my rankings, but of course, Matt Ryan, classic 302 touchdowns in the intercept. He's epitome of the mean. Mm-hmm. Two was great this week. Two was great this week. Fellow approved running backs, we just measured him. Alvin Kamara. 20 rushes for 51 yards, but it didn't matter because he didn't, he didn't need to get it done on the ground. 10 receptions, 128 yards, and one touchdown. Wide receiver one for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara. Yep. 33.9 fantasy points. It's, it's games like these that I've said in the past that Alvin Kamara should not be designated as a running back in fantasy just wide receiver he's wide receiver. He, he needs to be a Cordero Patterson like cheat code but I also yes. feel like that that would just break Alvin Kamara's he would be first overall pick every year then if he had double double label true honorable mention look it's the man who's basically I, you can't even say he's Walmart Alvin Kamara because he's nearly just as good DeAndre Swift Running back two on the week, 28.4 fantasy points. And he got it done in the receiving game too. So here's my question in, 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 in lieu of talking about Alvin Kamara. Does Swift now carry a price tag like Alvin Kamara when you're trying to trade for him? Ooh. Mm, to me, Kamara still has the name value. 100%. Agree with me. I think that's why I can't give the Camara tag on Swift just because mm-hmm. just because of the name value, but stats alone, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you could you could literally like bundle. I'm not going to say bundle because that 
that means something else. But Kamara, Swift, and Eckler, these three, they have the exact same like price tag in terms of stats. Right. 100%. So, here, so here's my follow-up to the follow-up. You have, you likely drafted DeAndre Swift as your running back too. You probably got him in the third round because his value is falling at starter drafts. So your running back one is probably an Austin Eckler, is probably an Aaron Jones maybe, is a Ezekiel Elliott maybe even. Do you go out and make an offer to the owner of Christian McCaffrey in your league? And if you're the owner of a Christian McCaffrey, do you take CMC for DeAndre Swift? Yes. To, what, to, what I, to both, I guess, because it's the same question, just asked from different perspectives. Yeah, I mean, I'm like 60-40, like sure. 60% yes and 40% no, just because there is 40% of me that worries that Sam Darnold has absolutely ruined everyone's value on the Panthers. Fair enough. Including McCaffrey. And that's hard to do. That, that, that's true. Versus Swift has a, has a, I mean, I don't, I think a defined role is a cheap way of explaining it, but like he has a quarterback that knows, Hey, <laughs> get the ball out. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I can't, you can't go wrong with either, but like I said, there there should be a little part of you knowing if you're going to get McCaffrey in a Swift for McCaffrey trade, that McCaffrey may not be the same McCaffrey as in the past. Right, and I think that's why people have asked, like, should I, like I just got offered Swift, or, or should I trade CMC for Swift and pick like a wide receiver three, Cortland Sutton? Like, should I make that trade? Like yes, if you're the if you're the owner of Christian McCaffrey, I think you absolutely should. Yeah. Because not only are you getting a player that's coming awfully close to replicating Christian McCaffrey numbers, like at least knocking. I mean, he's not there, right? He's like you know at the doorstep, right? Kind of just like mm-hmm. right behind him. But and you're getting a wide receiver three piece out of that <sighs> all day, all day. Yep. Take that deal. Let's move on to fellow approved wide receivers. Mentioned him earlier, Jamar Chase, eight receptions, 201 yards, one touchdown, good for 31 or 34, excuse me, 0.1 fantasy points. Whoever said he can't catch a football and you shouldn't draft him because of that, I want those play, I want those people just lined up in a row so I can bop them all upside the head. Because I, so here, so here's the thing I need to make a correction. I said it inflated T. Higgins' value. I didn't necessarily took away from Jamar Chase's value. I think it would just take Jamar Chase a little bit more time to get adapted to the league, right? Get adapted to things he was struggling with. I that was boiled into where you were picking him regardless. Yep. I don't think you should tank him any further for it. The dude's legit. Dude is a top five fantasy wide receiver from here on out. You have to treat him like it. Honorable mentions, look, Cooper Cup just went nuclear this week. He was wide receiver one, 37.6 fantasy points. He's incredible. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, uh, six receptions, 73 yards. 
Uh, I don't know if anybody was actually throwing hats under the field uh, after he scored his third touchdown, but he had a hat trick on the week, 31.3 fantasy points. This question's tough to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Is it time to admit we're wrong on Mike Evans? As all being anti-Mike Evans on this podcast, is it time to admit we're wrong? Personally, yes. And You're that's personally just, ready to. I, I, I think we all have to do it individually. but Yeah, because in my defense, I, I think I was the most ready on Mike Evans. Yeah, you were, you were probably the most optimistic out of the three of us. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to put it. I think I um, was the most pessimistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> it seems simple thinking of this now, but like exactly like how many times did like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette get rushing touchdowns last year? Wasn't often. Because it was always getting thrown. Right, right. <laughs> and that was the one thing that we just completely put to the side was, oh, and they're in the red zone, they throw the ball. Yeah. They don't run it. And if they do, it's because it's at the two or the right. three. Right. Because if it's at the one, it's Tom Brady sneaking it. It's yeah, not right. Yeah, if it's at the one, it's Tom Brady. It's all Tom Brady. Right. So, yeah, part of me is like, I saw this coming, but the other part of me is just like, how did I not like put two and two together to go like, they don't run the ball in the red zone. They just don't. I, I, excuse me. I think once Gronk comes back, you do see touchdown regression from Mike Evans. I think once Antonio Brown is back, you do see touchdown regression there. I think you're just missing. It was Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, which is what it was for the majority of last year. So, of course, we're going to see replicated numbers like this. I think once those two are back, I think you are going to see regression, though I will say I was probably more harsh on Mike Evans than I probably should have been this offseason. I think that's where I'm at. I'm not ready to be like, I was wrong. Y'all were right. Yep. I'm also here saying I've been really wrong up to this point, and I'm okay to admit that. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's do. Let's cruise through tight ends to make sure we have plenty of time for buy low, sell high, too. Uh, Kyle Pitts, look, seven for 163, 23.3 fantasy points. He's in the, he's here. He's arrived. Yep. Top five tight end option the rest of the season, I think, with George Kittle being out. And with Darren Waller even having issues and Hawkinson not looking so great, I think, I think Pitts is a top five option from here on out. Definitely. Honorable mentions Mike Kosecki, season high, 21 and a half fantasy points. He scored 16 plus in four out of his last six games outside of his week one goose egg. 16 plus and four out of his last six. I think this offense is figuring out they are how they're going to play. And yep. it's clearly through Waddle and Gasecki, Devonte, and it's Fuller. through the air. Yeah. It's through the air. They're they have the highest rate of pass in the NFL right now. And it's showing other honorable mention CJ Uzama. He was tight end one on the week with 24.1 fantasy points. And here's what I'm going to say. This might be controversial, but don't chase his upside on waivers. I wouldn't. He does this every year. He has two games. Someone picks him up and he throws up 5.2 in the next game. And you're like, this guy's trash. I don't want him. So you drop him for 
the Kadarius Tonys of the world, right? The next big breakout person. And he does it three weeks later, and you're like, what the heck, man? Why didn't I hold on to him? So then you go pick him up again. And he'll put up 4.8 the next week. And you're like, why did I pick? Why did I fall for this trap again? That's where I'm at with CJ Uzama. I don't think you should go chase his upside on waivers. That's a personal opinion. He to me, he's touchdown dependent. And I think a lot of people have different different definitions for touchdown dependent. Sure. But I think for Uzoma, he's only red zone viable. And it was just this past week that like I mean he had three for 92 and a touchdown. Right. Like the one one score that he had, the longest touchdown that he had. He just had a single safety that he had to beat. Right. Actually, both the touchdowns were just trying to beat a safety. Right. And that was it. And to me, I just don't think that happens that often. Right. That's why I don't trust Uzoma. No, I wouldn't either. I don't think you should go. He's not a Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz kind of player that you need to go pick up on waivers. He's just not getting the right the same volume. And that's that's it. Let's talk about some players who disappointed. They are fella denied. Denied. Starting with quarterbacks. This one, I think this is the the gimme. Patrick Mahomes. Granted, he did leave this game early with fear of concussion. Looked like he came out clean from that, but it was not pretty. 20 to 35, 206 yards and a pick. You got to sit on Mahomes. You know what his ceiling is, and his ceiling is 100 fantasy points better than any other quarterback in fantasy football. That's the ceiling, and his floor is this. I think it can only go up from here. I don't think you panic on Mahomes. You got to hold on him. Yeah. Honorable mention here, Sam Darnold. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) 16 to 25, 111 yards and got yanked. Yoinked out of this game. Oh, he's so bad. I can't believe I can't believe I fell for it. I can't I can't believe I fell for it. I want to say Christian McCaffrey makes things better, and I certainly hope he does. Because man, it was so fun to watch Sam Darnold be really good at football. Yep. And now it sucks to see him suck again. Like, like capital S, capital U, capital C, capital K. Yeah. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Well, don't don't get it twisted. The Adam Gase curse is still a thing. It's still there. <laughs> but this is just the lasting of you know lasting effects of this curse. <laughs> I hope so because I really want Sam Darnold to be good at football again. It was so much fun to watch. Yep. For running backs, I look again. The gimme is Aaron Jones. Six attempts for nineteen yards. Had some involvement in the passing game, ended up with nine fancy points on the week. Like I said earlier, I think there's times to worry about fantasy players. There are times to panic. I think you should worry with Aaron Jones, but I definitely don't think you should panic on him. Yeah, yeah. Don't panic just yet. There's there's reason to worry. And I don't – I just think this Green Bay offense 
I'm not going to say they're too dependent on this, but their offense revolves around the big plays. Yes. That are longer than 15 yards. Yep. So I see Tago 10 receptions, 200 yards and two touchdowns. So I see Aaron Jones have 41 point fantasy point or fan 41 fan. Yeah. 41 fantasy point games because he gets massive ripoff plays. I'll have a reception for 25 yards and a touchdown. Then he'll run for 25 yards and a touchdown, right? Like they thrive on big plays from their playmakers. Guy you should panic on, though, in our honorable mentions, I said this earlier, Antonio Gibson, 7.6 fantasy points, out-snapped by J.D. McKissick. I don't know if this is because of injury concern. I don't know if he wasn't 100%. This isn't a good look for Gibson. I think you sell him for whatever you can get him for at this point. I had a guy ask in our TikTok comments, Antonio Gibson for Michael Carter? Yes. You think so? Yes. I think I think Gibson could bring in his name value alone. I think could bring in more than Michael Carter, but if we're talking purely from like how they're in actually performing perspective, I like honestly like that doesn't sound all that unappealing especially without Zach Wilson. I mean, I need to look at like the stats like side by side, but to me initially if sounds like Gibson and Carter have the same rush, like very similar rushing stats. Right. Carter just has receiving upside that Gibson just we thought we thought he would have, but it's just it's just not there anymore (laughs) for whatever reason. Right. So that's why I responded so quickly to it because I'm just like Carter can occasionally run one in, but he has receiving value. He does. He does. It's painful to say as a guy I was taking to the moon this year. Man, man, man. Like I'm bailing. Like I'm bailing on Gibson. I can't. I can't with I the best part is I had zero stock of him because everybody would beat me to taking him because they knew how much I liked him, which kind of worked out well for me, but at the same time, it sucked because actually I do actually ask false. I have Antonio Gibson in one league. He was auto drafted for me because <laughs> I because <laughs> I had I, I was it was date night on the night they scheduled the draft for I'm like I can't, I, I can't no date night takes priority so yeah at any rate I think you panic on Gibson uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. and, and look nine point four fantasy points and the only reason is because the Rams finally decided to take advantage of Detroit's weak secondary and just attack it relentlessly which I think is what you should do to just. I, it's what I thought you should do to keep Detroit out of games, but man, Detroit found a way to keep themselves in it. So a um, little bit of a disappointment there from Daryl Henderson. Wide receivers, man, lots of big names here. Calvin Ridley, talked about him a little bit. Four rece- four receptions on 10 targets for 26 yards. Ugh. And one touchdown, only salvaged his day with 12.6 fantasy points. I think he, I think better days are ahead. But it's, it's it's not fun to be a Calvin Ridley manager right now. No, and especially especially what he got off to last year. Right. Exactly. That's and that's exactly where I'm at. Being a, a Calvin Ridley manager. Honorable mentions. Just a byproduct of Patrick Mahomes having a bad game. Tyree Kill. 
six receptions on nine targets for 49 yards and a rushing attempt for 18 yards. So at least gave him 12.7 fantasy points. But uh, again, nothing to write home about here. Really struggling to see consistency from Tyreek Hill this year. I feel like I had something to do with, I, I said something about that earlier this year. Probably. But not like this. <laughs> not, not the right. Yeah, no, uh, you definitely did this offseason, but it but I it wasn't to this dramatic uh, effect. No, this was I was thinking like, yeah, he have a, he'd have like a 30 point game one week and then he'd like lay a dud and then it's like another 25 and then like 10 something. But this yeah. is like six, eight, 40, six, six, right. eight, right? Like it's not more dramatic than we anticipated. Absolutely. Yes. Last guy in our fellow uh, denied wide receiver list, Brandon Cooks. Five receptions for Barf, 21 yards. It's oh, so bad. Uh, better days are ahead, though. But yeah, better days are ahead. I'll explain that in a little bit here. In terms of fellow denied tight ends, tight Andrew or tight Andrews. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, man. Can you tell it's been a long day? Did you work or something? Yeah, it's like I work, it's like I work a, a nine to five, too. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be like the new thing on the podcast. Every time Mark Andrews comes on, tight Andrews. Work tight Andrews. Tight Andrews. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Either way, tight Andrews is disappointed. <laughs> Three receptions, 48 yards, 7.8 fantasy points, tight end 18 on the week. I think part of this is just because Hollywood had 14 targets this week. Target monster this week, but uh, look, Mark Andrews will be fine. Just disappointed this week. I don't think we need to overthink this. Noah Fant, honorable mention, 8.9 fantasy points. Here's the thing with here's the thing with Noah Fant. Okay, we're gonna play a name game because. He's tight end 17 on the week, but he's tight end six on the season. Mm-hmm. And we know Jerry Judy's coming back, so that might hinder his value a little bit. So we're going to play a name game. Okay, Which okay. tight end would you rather have? Between Noah Fant or whichever guy I list off. So Noah Fant or Mike Kosicki? Mike Kosicki. Kasicki and it's not close for me. Sure. I can see it. Kyle Pitts or Noah Fant? Oh, Pitts. 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 Again, not even close for me. Guy who's been injured, Rob Gronkowski or Noah Fant? Oh, man. Gronk's target share was nuts. Yeah. I, I, Gronk, I, I don't. Like, I don't have to think twice about it, I don't think. Yeah, Gronk. Maybe I'm just super pessimistic with no offense consistencies, but, like, some of these guys, I mean, some of these guys will make it a little bit more of a conversation here coming up, but, like, these first three, it's, like, volume. It's yeah. volume, and Noah Fant just, I Doesn't can't have, it. I can't have him putting up five for 39. Yeah. 
Dalton Schultz or Noah Fant? Ooh. Um, this is where it gets interesting. I am going to take Fant here. Okay. And I think that's because I I can't use the logic of like, well, Gallup's coming back because right. Judy's coming back for Denver. Right. Maybe I'll actually take Schultz because I think Javante Williams is getting more involved in the passing game. I'm taking Schultz as well, only because he's seeing more volume than Noah Fant. I'm taking anybody who gets more volume than Noah Fant over Noah Fant right now. That's kind mm-hmm. of where I'm at. Yeah. And like, I get like the weeks where he's exploded, he had great volume, right? But I'm not like these guys are getting it every single week. Noah Fant is not. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Dawson Knox or Noah Fant? Dawson Knox. I'm a, I'm a Dawson Knox believer. See, and this is where I turn because I'm going to take Noah Fant only because... Of course you are. <laughs> only because, again, it's a volume play for me. I think Dawson Knox has the higher chance to score a touchdown every single week. But the weeks Noah, Dawson Knox doesn't score a touchdown, three receptions for 42 yards. yards. Yeah. I that's Noah Fant, if you ask me. Yep. So I, I that one that one is truly a toss-up, I think. Uh these last guys may be a little bit more interesting. Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard. Goddard, just because who else is there to throw the ball to? <laughs> yes. Uh Devonta <laughs> Smith, and that's it. Uh I'm taking Goddard as well. This one, this, and this is the last one. Noah Fant or Zach Ertz? Oh, that's tough. Because I, I was gonna say, gonna say Fant just because there's too many mouths to feed in Arizona, but the same thing can be said in Denver. <laughs> and they want to get the tight end involved in Arizona. It's not like Max Williams wasn't a thing before Zach Ertz got there. Right. That's I'm leaning and I will say Ertz. I am 55 45 Zach Ertz to Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant is a sneaky deceptive piece you can use in trades right now. Yes. To give an upgrade, a tight end for a guy like Dallas Goddard, who's been bad up to this point. You might he might end up coming out with a better portion of that deal. That wraps up our fellow approved and fellow denied players. Tyler, let's quick wrap out the episode with some buy low and sell high players. Um, let's do this. Let's let's pick one player from our list each to okay. give like a quick 30-second spiel on, and let's list our other candidates that we have down that, that each of us have written down as well. So who is the buy low candidate you want to give your 30-second spiel on? The guy that I just traded for in our dynasty league. Shut up right now. Amari. Oh yes. 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 I'm like, (laughs) shut up. You did not just make a trade right now. My phone's on 2%. It's probably dead at this point. So I wasn't going to make a trade. (laughs) (laughs) No, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. My 30 second spiel begins now. Um, I don't think Amari Cooper has been playing at a hundred percent these past couple of games. Hmm. 
bye week is going to do him wonders. I think the bye week is also going to do the offense wonders in figuring out how do we just how do we spread the ball around to everyone and not just seem like we're feeding one guy and then running the ball all the time. Absolutely. And what better matchup to you know test us out against than Minnesota? And that yep. pains me to say, but like I'm expecting a big game from Amari this week. He'll be fully healthy, fully rested. With no Patrick Peterson and uh, breezy as the people like to call him, Bashad Breland. Bashad Breland. He's been better though. He's been better. True. Kind of. Or Cam Dantzler. Okay, Cam Dantzler. Can't get some help, Cam Dantzler. Neither, (laughs) neither of these guys do well, like on long routes. No. Like or or maybe I'll put it this way. The two routes that either of these quarterbacks cannot cover for their lives, fades and out routes. Yep. Who does the who is one of the best receivers in running fades and out routes? Amari Cooper. Colby. Oh, okay. Amari Cooper. <laughs> that was a close second. It was a close second. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Amari Cooper by low, partially influenced by my recent trade but i think it's totally fair though i think it's totally fair there's reason for there is a lot of reason for optimism with amari cooper at this point thousand percent agree i am with you there uh you want to just list off the other two guys that you have as bylaw candidates don't to give any insight but i think people can understand why yeah t higgins just because he had 15 targets this past week 15 targets and only 13 fantasy points do should have put up a 20 bird at least (laughs) at least and then the other guy I've got is Tyler Lockett, just because um, I'm going to bet that Wilson comes back a little bit sooner than expected. And that was, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. Were people saying that who's coming back week 10? That was yes, the week earliest. 10 was the timeline. Yep. See, right now, I think, <clears throat> excuse me. Going and getting Lockett now is a good investment just because when Wilson comes back, Tyler Lockett will return to Tyler Lockett. His value is in the basement. Like, it is as low as it can possibly get right now. Poor quarterback play, poor fantasy production. I, it looked bad without Russ. I think his ba- I think his value is literally in the toilet right now. So you can go out and yep. get him for dirt cheap. 100% agree with that. My Bilo candidate talked about him a little bit earlier that I want to touch on. Brandon Cooks. Believe it or not, uh, Brandon Cooks has three games this season under 10 fantasy points, but four games over 17 fantasy points. So you're like, Lucas, how can he be a Bilo candidate? Because he just put up a stinker against the Cardinals, five for 21. Like sometimes it's not just about the fantasy points. Sometimes it's like you realize the dude had four yards of reception and you're like, that's bad. That's mm-hmm. bad. That's bad. Here's his schedule coming up. Rams, you don't like that. Dolphins, you love that. You got to buy a week, whatever. Week 11, Tennessee. Week 12, Jets. Week 13, Colts. Week 14, Seattle. Week 15, Jacksonville. Oh, baby. I'm sensing. Oh, yes. I'm sensing one, two, three, four, five, six, 15 plus point fantasy games in a row from Brandon Cooks during that stretch. 
Absolutely. Go get them while you can right now before the buy. And heck, maybe even uh, not. Don't wait. I think go out and get them before LA, and then someone can be like, "Ha ha, I stuck it on you." And then you can give them even more of the double bird afterwards. When you're like, "Yeah, this is what I was really trading it for right now." <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's Brandon Cooks. Go out and buy low on him. Other guy, I think you can uh, go out and buy low on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones managers are panicking right now. Uh, you can go out and get Aaron Jones for uh, probably cheaper than you'd expect. Uh, mm-hmm. But don't go out and buy low on him with like. Ezekiel Elliott, like go out and buy low on him with who's a running back two in that range that you could probably trade. Uh, well, at any rate, it doesn't make a difference. Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah, you could. Well, if, if you weren't injured, I think you could. Uh, yeah. Would you do a Leonard Fournette, like Leonard Fournette, including a deal for uh, Aaron Jones? I think that only works if someone's like, oh, wow, he's actually strung together a couple games. Daryl Henderson. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. I think you could get a Daryl Daryl Henderson earn jump swap and come up pretty all right there. Yes. Let's move on to sell high. Uh, Tyler, let's just rattle these off. We're already keeping the people longer than they need to be listening. But let's <laughs> uh, let's quick rattle off sell high, guys. Who are you selling high after this week? Jalen Hurts and Damian Harris. Oh, not Jalen Hurts. Sorry, oh, my heart to. aches. I get it, but. I just I can't trust the roster game management with Philly at this point. And part of me really does think that they think that Minshew offers them something different. So they're going to say, why not give him a shot? Because if Minshew can't do it and they if I'm going to run through this logic as fast as I can. Go for it. If you put in Minshew because you don't believe in Hurts and Minshew doesn't come through for you. That means you've gone through two quarterbacks who you've given a fair chance to use one of your three first-round draft picks in the draft to take a quarterback then. They have plenty in the first round this year. I believe they'll have three within the top 15. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that to me, sounds like the logic they're going with if they are as bad as they are right now. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Sell high, guys, for me, Michael Pittman Jr. I think with T.Y. Hilton coming back, it does chip into his production. Uh, I don't think it's super big, but like he just had a 20-point fantasy point game, right? Then you can go out and do some big game hunting with him in a package uh, to bring in a better wide receiver than Michael Pittman in the coming weeks. That's my only logic there. Mm-hmm. Other guy I'm selling high on, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying that. And this isn't like, and this isn't me like saying you should go out and like, like I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins isn't elite. He is seven receptions for 53 yards though. Again, this is one of those where you sit there and you realize the man is averaging seven and a half yards of reception. And this was my biggest fear with Hopkins coming into the year. His route tree is still bad. It's not made for big plays. It is made for receptions and it is made for touchdowns. If you aren't getting the touchdowns or say DeAndre Hopkins goes for four receptions for shoot, let's say 45 yards in a touchdown. Like, I guess you're okay with that. That's 14 fantasy points, but I'd rather have Justin Jefferson go on and get Justin Jefferson with DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. go big game hunting with DeAndre Hopkins right now. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned 
about his reliability on touchdowns. Not that he's necessarily touchdown dependent, just concerns me a little bit. Yeah. That wraps up this episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows. Tyler, any closing thoughts before we give the deuces to the people? Minnesota are home dogs to the Cowboys this weekend if you're a betting person. Oh. Life savings. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's a risk. Whoa. Whoa. Um, But, yeah. um, Bet on the home dogs. This weekend, these Minnesota next couple upset. The these next couple of games are going to show what kind of a team Minnesota is. Um, I think they got to fight to stay in these games. So yeah, I uh, I agree. I'll take the home dogs on that, and that's a little bit of bias coming out. Uh, let's drop the socials bit. one time before uh, we we leave. FF fellas on Twitter, the FF fellas on Instagram, fantasy football fellas on Facebook, YouTube. Man, give us a follow on TikTok. Plenty of content coming out there. Some comedy, some actual educational videos every single day. Going to help you win your leagues and get a few laughs out of you too at the same time. So just Tyler and I, Cameron in spirit in the distance, he actually dropped a message in our Facebook chat in the middle of this podcast. Uh, had to do with one of our TikToks, but. <laughs> <laughs> Another commenter. So in reality, we're three, we're, we're three students being dudes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pals. Deuces. Deuces.